0: Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning
1: or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place, with special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and
0: Kimmy Show! The Riley and Kimmy
2: Show! And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening today, the show is uploaded. It is February 6th, a Tuesday. Episode number 1514. Right next to me is... Kimmy. I
3: got one name. Janet. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody. Everybody.
4: Everybody. everybody.
2: <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, I'm not so bad once you get to know me. Yeah, that's true, and I hope you stick around to get to know me, uh, well, a little bit more. Uh, th- that's right, matter of fact, uh, every single day because we have a brand new episode every single day. E- I mean, all um, every day, day in, day out. And the person who keeps it going is right next to me, and that is Kimmy.
5: You don't know how much I've missed all of you, and I promise you I'll never desert you again. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark.
2: Are you ready for your close up, Kimmy? Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay, don't get too creepy there. All right, welcome to this episode. It is a Tuesday. (laughs)
3: Now I'm on my way. Well, it
2: could be a Tuesday afternoon. You're listening. You could be listening in the morning, middays, late night, anytime around the clock. We, we are available, right, Kimmy? That's right. And you can take us along quite easily through iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find all those platforms right on our website right now at RileyAndKimmy.com. Also, archived episodes available right all the way back to number one available on the website. Celebrity interviews we've done and a great way to help the show grow and stay in connection with us, find out where we will be next and, oh, things we're giving away, that is by following us on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. All of those links are available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy?
5: RileyandKimmy.com
2: Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com Culture Escapism, The Riley
1: and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall
2: we go? That is a big question on this Tuesday. Shall we go back in time and challenge Kimmy's brain cells with a thrilling game of yesteryear known as pop culture trivia what say you Kimmy on this Tuesday yeah woo (laughs) okay I need to stress the timeline it might be out of whack it could or may not be running linear or chronological regardless you need to help Kimmy out that's right she believes in time travel answers so shout at yell at talk to whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now give answers to Kimmy She actually believes this works. She is in your past, and you are in her future, but she believes in temporal communication. I think it's a little wacky, but she needs your help. (laughs) So here we go, Kimmy. The very first question. We're going to ask what century this happened. Harper's Weekly publishes the first picture of Uncle Sam with chin whiskers. What century? The 1700s, 1800s, or 1900s? 1800s. You're correct. 1869, that happens. It was on this date the Monopoly board game goes on sale for the first time within five years. When does Monopoly go on sale for the first time? 1940. You get it within five, barely. It was 1935. It happened. 1970, this song is released in Britain. It would be released in the United States. Matter of fact, does better in the U.S. than in the U.K., but it's released in the U.K. on this date. Tell me who the recording artist is. <laughs> Instant Karma is released 1970 in the UK. Who is it? John Lennon. That's right. It charts at number five at its highest in Britain, and it charts at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. 1974. United States House of Representatives begin determining grounds for impeachment of this President of the United States. Who is it? Richard Nixon. Suck it to me. You're right. Give me the years 1971. This NASA astronaut uses a six iron that he had smuggled on board Apollo 14. He he got past everybody. He actually got a golf club on board and he swung at three golf balls on the surface of the moon. And it was televised. Who was the astronaut? The year 1971? Alan Shepard. That's correct. The year is 1976. This song is released. The single would fail to chart in, well, either the United States or in Britain. Tell me who the recording artist is with the guitar Can't Keep From Crying.
3: Found myself out on a limb But I'm happier than i ever been But this guitar can't keep from crying Who is it, Kimmy?
2: 1976. George Harrison? That's right. I take it you don't have that on vinyl or in your collection. Mm-mm. Give me the year within five years Brady Bride's debuts on TV. It was that made for TV movie thingy. From the Brady Bunch. You know, they're they're all grown up. What year, within five years, does the Brady Brides appear on NBC?
3: 1976.
2: Let me do the math here. Oh, Kimmy barely gets it. It's 1981. 1982, this song hits number one on the pop charts, Kimmy. Identify the song and, well, nah, we'll make it easy for you. We'll give you what the song is. Tell us who the recording artist is that has this number one hit.
3: Go by, 1982,
2: it's number one on this date for whom? The J. Giles Band. That's correct. The year is 2002. We might have impossible music trivia for you, Kimmy. This song was released for Radio Airplay. It reached number 22 on the Billboard Hot 100, but did extremely well on the adult contemporary charts. It uh, stayed there for, well, uh, at the number one slot for 21 weeks. That's a long time. But Mm. one of the not really known things to mainstream America is the adult contemporary charts, they're sometimes slow-moving and they don't have a lot going into them. They don't cycle through a lot of material as compared to the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who the recording artist is who has that big adult contemporary hit and a marginal hit on the Billboard Hot 100. The year is 2002. It's Who is that Kimmy Celine Dion you're right next question we have for you Kimmy within two years tell us when this happened this individual ends his time on the tonight show this is it for him tell me who it is and what year he's saying goodbye 22 years that's a long time here's how long ago it was when I started hosting marijuana was illegal and you could smoke cigarettes any place you wanted that's how long ago. 22 years ago, there was no Craigslist. Serial killers had to meet their victims the old-fashioned way at the bus station at midnight. That's how it was. 22 years ago, guys actually had to go to the newsstand for porn. Can you imagine? You had to pay for it. And the worst thing about losing this job, I'm no longer covering NBC. I'd have to sign up for Obamacare. Ugh. Can you tell me who it is? jay leno that's right and what year did he say goodbye to the tonight show Ooh. within two years um 2010 you miss it it was 2014. celebrity and notable birthdays famous people born on this date kimmy mean, this one yeah boy let's see if you paid attention at igloo elementary school or even high school history class yeah, it's your favorite subject, U.S. history. Hmm. This person, born 1756, he was the third vice president of the United States from 1801 to 1805. He served during Thomas Jefferson's first term in 1804, the last full year of his single term as vice president. He killed his political rival, Alexander Hamilton, in a duel. He was never tried for that illegal duel, but because of the duel, his political career was destroyed. Who is it? I don't know. Aaron Burr, born on this date, 1756. Next person baseball player, born on this date, 1895. There was a 1948 movie about him starring William Bendix. Tell me. Who the slugger is born on this date. Here's a little audio from the movie. Maybe you can figure out what character William Bendix is playing.
6: Hiya, fella. You gotta grab this for me and my dog? Why, sure. Johnny, you listen to that World Series game in Chicago over the radio this afternoon. Will you do that for me? And I'll sock a home run into the center field bleachers for you.
2: William Bendix played him on film. Can you tell me who was born? 1895. Babe Ruth? That's correct. Passed away 1948 at the age of 53. Next person, born 1911. Actor, politician, Kimmy. Tell me who it is.
0: I am therefore announcing that I am a candidate and will seek re-election to the office I presently hold. Thank you for the trust you've placed in me. God bless you and
2: good night. Who is it? Ronald Reagan. Yeah, born on this date, 1911 actress celebrity born on this date 1919 kimmy tell me who it is that women are not the strongest men and they shouldn't be beaten up in, you, in europe you. <laughs> thank
5: you yeah. good morning <laughs> <laughs> that 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 uh, i wanted to say that in europe women are not allowed to be put in handcuffs anyhow Zip order, zip order. Oh my God, London. Every morning, Chicago calls me. There, my because
2: I work in Chicago. You see, in the States. There you are. Every morning, Chicago calls me. Wants to know what I'm wearing Who was born 1919, Kimmy? Jaja Gabor. That's correct. Died 2016 at the age of 99. Next person celebrating his 79th birthday, an actor known for this TV show, Kimmy. Identify the TV show. tell me the name of that show. MASH. Yes, he's known for playing on MASH. He played Captain B.J. Honeycutt on MASH from 1975 to 1983. Here's a little bit of audio, him talking to Johnny Carson about the TV show and his, his well, getting into acting.
0: I wanted to be an actor since I was uh, knee-high, but I was always really terrified, literally terrified yeah. of the notion of getting up in front of people, so anybody, anytime anybody said uh, what do you want to do in life, I always said be an actor, but I almost passed out in a speech class in school. (laughs) Yeah, it's that old thing. Everybody's afraid. Everybody is his own worst enemy, and everybody sees the flaws or the pimple. You know, if you've got a pimple, you think that's all anybody looks at.
4: And, uh, in fact, nobody... Did you notice that? (laughs) Thank you very
2: much. Can you tell me who it is? Mm, I can't think of his name. It's Mike Farrell having his 79th birthday today. Next individual, best known for being an anchor on NBC Nightly News. Kimmy, tell me who it is and... How old is he within five years today?
1: Well, the time is here. We've been through a lot together through dark days and nights and seasons of hope and joy.
2: Who is it, Kimmy? Tom Brokaw. Yes. How old is Tom Brokaw today within five years? 85. He is 78 today, Kimmy. He anchored the NBC News for 22 years from 1982 to 2004. He is the only person to have hosted all three major NBC news programs. He hosted the Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and briefly, Meet the Press. Next person, recording artist, born on this date, 1945. See if you can identify who this is, Kimmy. Back in 1980, he had a number 56 hit on the R&B charts and number 6 on the dance charts. Tell me who was born on this date 1945 died 1981 at the age of 36 Don't Born nineteen forty-five. Bob Marley? That's correct. Kimmy, next person recording artist born nineteen fifty. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue.
3: Unforgettable. Though near or far. Unforgettable.
2: Who is it, Kimmy? natalie cole yes born on this date 1950 died 2015 at the age of 65. next person is the lead singer or I, I don't know what the status is now at least at the time of this recording he was i don't mean our recording i mean our sample here he was the lead singer of this band tell me who it is and how old is he today within five years welcome to the Who is it, Kimmy? Axel Rose. Yes, and what band was he or is he or maybe he's still with the uh, lead singer of? Oh, yeah. Um Axel Rose from um Oh boy. I know it. You do. <laughs> I didn't think that was a big question here. Okay, shout it out. She needs help here. Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. GNR. That's your clue. Guns N' Roses. That's right. And how old is he today within 5 years? Oh, 50. He is 56 today. Next person celebrating his 52nd birthday had a number one hit in 1987. Kimmy, tell me who the birthday person is. Kimmy, can you tell me who it is? He's celebrating number 5-2. That's 52 today. Oh, boy. I can see him. Yes. Um, It's not David Caruso. No. I can't think of his name either. Rick. Mm. Rick. 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 Ashley. That's right. Rick Astley celebrating his 52nd birthday today. I see Notable deaths. Famous people who passed away on this date in history. This person died 1993, Kimmy, at the age of 49. Tell me why he is on the famous list. Arthur Ashe. He was a tennis player? Correct. Professional tennis player who won three Grand Slam titles. Next person passed away 1994 at the age of 76. He was an artist illustrator. He co-created with Stan Lee many of the Marvel characters, can you tell me who it is? He's now getting the credit that has been kept from him for so many decades. Jack Kirby. That's right, Kimmy. We would be we'd be yelling at you and calling you maybe all kinds of nasty things if you didn't know. Well, we wouldn't call Kimmy anything nasty, but yes, Jack Kirby, Kimmy, 1994, passed away at the age of 76. And tomorrow will be a perfect opportunity to go to your nearby comic book store and check out. The Rich History of Jack Kirby. Please visit a comic book store near you. We have a comic book shop locator on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Put in a zip code and you'll find a comic book shop near you. Next person, actor Kimmy. Dies 1994 at the age of 88. He appeared in Citizen Kane opposite Orson Welles. He was in The Third Man opposite Orson Welles. He was in tons of movies and TV shows. One of the movies I'm pretty certain you've seen is one of my favorite Hitchcock movies of all time. It is Shadow of a Doubt from 1943. He played Uncle Charlie, the possible serial killer. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Tell me, who is it? Who passed away on this date?
6: Well, what am I going to talk about? Lectures usually give them uh, travel or current events, don't they?
5: Oh, Charles, not current events. We get current events.
6: What sort of an audience would it be?
5: Oh, women like myself, busy with our homes, most of us.
6: Women keep busy in towns like this. The cities, it's different. The cities are full of women, middle-aged widows, husbands dead. Husbands who've spent their lives making fortunes, working and working. Then they die and leave their money to their wives, their silly wives. What do the wives do, these useless women? You see them in the hotels, the best hotels, every day by the thousands. Drinking the money, eating the money, losing the money at bridge, playing all day and all night, smelling of money. Proud of their jewelry, but of nothing else. Horrible. Faded, fat, greedy women.
7: But they're alive. They're human beings.
2: Are they? powerful dialogue powerful performance alfred hitchcock's film shadow of a doubt 1943 he played uncle charlie who is it kimmy joseph cotton that's correct passed away on this date 1994 please check out that movie if you've never seen also check him out in citizen kane and the third man all different roles all different performances mm-hmm. fantastic the year is 1996, Guy Madison, an American actor, dies at the age of 74. He's known for playing Wild Bill Hickok on TV and during the golden age of radio. We have examples of that on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. 2009, this person dies at the age of 87. Tell me why he is on the famous list. That's James Whitmore, Kimmy. He uh, was an actor. That's correct. He passed away 2009. I think you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday.
6: Thank you.
2: We're going to go back in time and honor something with the golden age of radio. Something that we talked about on Trivia. Our radio walks- Moments ago, we spoke about Ronald Reagan being born on this date. in 1911. A rich film history during the golden age of cinema, but he also did radio work as well. And we have some examples on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. First one is from 1953. It's called I Give You Maggie. It's an interesting drama, and he's kind of playing maybe what you would label as a cad or a bum. You could determine that. That's from 1953, followed by his appearance on Burns and Allen. It's fantastic because Gracie actually interviews him, and he talks about his life growing up in Illinois. And hearing Gracie trying to interview him is just, it's its worth it. It's really cool. That's from 1950. Two different types of things to hear Ronald Reagan in that you may not know him for. And on our website, in honor of Ronald Reagan, we have an additional old-time radio show. Matter of fact, we're making it two for this Tuesday. Two of them that he starred in, they are mysteries thrillers. Something totally different. The first one to kick it off is called Circumstantial Terror from 1954, followed by One and One's a lonesome. Yes, you heard right. One and One's a Lonesome. That's from 1950. Fantastic examples of the golden age of radio. You can find those on our website right after you listen to these. Please tell your friends about this special tribute to Ronald Reagan. We're kicking things off on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show's tribute with I Give You Maggie. It's from 1953. This is Ronald Reagan.
0: Someday I'll propose a toast and I'm going to say, Ladies and gentlemen... In accepting this award for literature, I want to accept it for the person who deserves all the credit. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Maggie. Maggie
7: down. You're pacing a groove right across the living room. Is my mouth on straight, Nona? Oh, you look adorable. Relax. It's ten past eight, Maggie. Does Tom always keep you waiting like this? Oh, let her alone, Mama. Stop picking on her. Nona, you be quiet.
5: That's no way to talk to your mother. It's
1: no way to talk to your mother, Nona. Maggie, what your mother and I can't understand is why you haven't had them up to the house before. After all, you've known him for how long? Three months, four months? Well... I, I don't like for you to be going out with a young man we've never seen, don't know anything about. He
7: was supposed to come here several times, um, but... Maggie, is he serious? Um, you'll see, Mom. What do you mean, I'll see? Maggie... There he is! Okay,
1: I don't like
0: it. Young girl ought to bring her boyfriends
7: around, so her parents... Shh, Mary. Tom, my father and mother.
0: Mrs. Banner... Mr. Banner?
7: And my sister, Nona. Nona? Harry.
1: Uh, 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 sit down, Tom. Sit down. Uh, would you uh, Would you like a drink? We have to go. Oh, we can sit down a minute, Candy. Go ahead. Sit down, Tom. There, now. Uh, Maggie, I mean, tells Maggie tells us... Maggie tells us... Maggie tells us you've knocked around a lot. Some. Yeah, that's very interesting. What, uh... Have you done, Tom? Nothing much. You have, too.
7: He's been all over and done everything.
0: That's fine. Go ahead. We'd like to hear. Well, I ran away from an orphanage when I was 14. I was a road kid for three years. Road kid? Young hobo. Rode the rods and boxcars all over this country and Canada. Slept under bridges. Begged from door to door. I've been jailed as a bum 20 or 30 times. Uh, Uh... What else? Oh, not much of anything.
7: Uh, he was aroused about with a circus and a cowhand in Wyoming till he broke a leg bull-dazing. Dozing,
0: and, not dazing.
7: Uh, and then he was a pearl diver and a beanery, that means dishwasher, and a lumberjack and a miner, and he did a hitch for the Marines, and and, uh, and, and all like that. Uh,
1: what, uh, what are you doing now?
0: Just sitting here. No, no, I, I mean... Oh, well, I read a lot. That's how I met Maggie at the library. I guess she's told you that. I'm trying to learn how to write. I think I'm going to be a writer.
7: I, I suppose you've put aside a lot of money to keep you going until you begin to sell your stories?
0: Mrs. Banner, I have a personal fortune of exactly $4.
3: <laughs>
0: not uh, not very much, is it? No. In fact, after I take Maggie out for a walk tonight and buy her a soda, I'll have just about enough left for a marriage license in the morning.
7: What? Maggie!
0: It's all right with you, though, isn't it, Maggie? I haven't made a mistake, have I?
7: No, Tom, no. You haven't made a mistake, but what are you going to live on?
0: That will be a problem.
7: I make thirty-five a week.
0: Well, there now, we can easily manage on that, Mrs. Banner. You're going to let her support you. Hold it, Bertha. Maggie, look, you're,
1: you're you're dead set on this.
7: Dead set, Papa. Harry, Bertha,
1: I look you two. You hardly know each other. No matter how much you think you love each other, you can't live on love. So I offer this. Tom, if you'll come round to my office, I'll speak to the chief, and I'm sure we can slide you into one of the departments. Then, after a while, when you've saved a little money...
0: It's a kind offer, Mr. Banner, but it'd be a waste of time. Waste of time to make a living for a wife? It's a waste of time for a writer to do anything but write. If you object to Maggie's working, why not give us some money? Give you...
7: Call it a business investment, Papa. No.
0: Maggie, you're not going to marry this... We are going to be married, Mr. Banner. Start all your thinking from that premise. It'll save time and aggravation, I'm sure. Maggie? No,
7: Papa, no. We're going to be married.
0: Going against us, Maggie?
7: Not against you, Papa. Just in a different direction.
1: Maggie, if if you marry this, this tramp, you can get out of this house tonight and stay out. Papa? No, I mean it.
7: Give me your hand, Tom. I'm all shaky.
0: Here, kid, squeeze it. Squeeze hard. Ready, Maggie?
7: Ready, Tom.
0: <sighs> Maggie? Yes? I'm finished for the day. Supper ready?
7: Ready. It's been on the table for three hours.
0: Where are you, kid? In the closet? No, no, here. The
7: there.
0: How you managed to disappear in a one room apartment is something I. Oh, I'm sorry about supper, honey. You didn't wait for me, did you?
7: Of course, I waited for you. Oh,
0: you should have eaten. What are the cake and candles for? Is it my birthday? No,
7: it's not your birthday. Oh, Tom, you've forgotten.
0: Forgotten? Oh, no, no. I didn't forget. You
7: did, too. Our first anniversary, and you've forgotten.
0: I didn't forget, baby, honest. I have a present for you in my pocket. Wait a second. Here, take it. What is it? A poem. Can you read my writing?
7: Oh, (laughs) I... For Maggie on our first wedding anniversary.
0: Go ahead, read it.
7: If I could write the beauty of your eyes and in fresh numbers number all your graces, the age to come would say, this poet lies. Such heavenly touches, ne'er touched earthly faces. I it. Oh, Tom, it's beautiful. It's better than Shakespeare.
0: It is Shakespeare. I didn't have time to compose one, so I copied it. It says what I mean, anyway.
7: Oh, Tom, it's the nicest present.
0: Give me a kiss. You're a kissable wench, Maggie. I think I'll renew my option on you for another year. Oh, oh,
7: Tom. I'm so happy.
0: Me too. I turned out about ten pages today, and the character I told you about last night, Jonesy, he's beginning to come alive.
7: Each week it gets better and better. Do you realize we'll be on our vacation this time next week? Our first vacation together. One week of it. One week of no subway and no office and no ironing and no dishes and...
0: Maggie, I... I meant to tell you... We
7: simply toss our $40 into the hotel owner's lap and in return he gives us seven days of paradise.
0: There is no $40 anymore.
7: Seven days! What?
0: We don't have $40. Only 12
7: What? Well, I don't understand.
0: After you left for the office this morning, I broke the typewriter. The man at the shop said it would cost $18 to fix and would take 10 days. I rented the typewriter I'm using for a buck a day. 18 plus 10 equals 28. 28 from 40 leaves no vacation.
7: No vacation? No. Oh, couldn't you use the the pencil? Maggie,
0: don't. Oh, don't, honey. Please, Maggie, listen. Mm. Someday, maybe pretty soon, I'll finish the book and sell it for a barrel of money. And then we'll head for the beach at Acapulco or even Rio... and we'll stay not seven days, but seven months... or as long as you like. And and when we come back... Oh, don't cry, my Maggie. Shh. You blow. I know you've looked forward to this vacation... and I know how it is. Maggie, I... Someday I'll propose a toast... and I'm going to say... Ladies and gentlemen of the Pulitzer Prize Committee... members of the press, friends... In accepting the award for literature, I do not accept it for myself, but for the person who really deserves all the credit accruing to my book. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Maggie. And so the curtain falls on the first act of today's radio drama, I Give You Maggie, starring Ronald Reagan. We return now to the second act of I Give You Maggie, starring Ronald Reagan in the role of Tom Padgett. To say that Tom's efforts as a budding literary genius are meeting with rugged resistance would be a masterpiece of understatement. Still, he and Maggie are in love, and there are times when things seem to be going better. Maggie? Maggie, where are you?
7: I'm here. Guess what? 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 What is it?
0: Can anybody hear us? No,
7: what is it? Now, don't tease me.
0: I was walking down the block just now. Yes? And all of a sudden, down at my feet, I saw...
7: What? What? This. A dollar bill. You found it. That's wonderful. But
0: you were beginning to think I'd never be a breadwinner. Well, Mrs. Padgett, instead of walking around the park this afternoon, as we do every Sunday, we're going to observe the rites of spring. With a dollar? I'm afraid you lack creative vision. When I look at this dollar, do you know what I see?
7: George Washington's picture?
0: I see two round trips to Coney Island, 20 cents. Two Bach beers, 20 cents. Two hot dogs, with or without mustard, 20 <laughs> cents. And two rides on the merry-go-round. Twenty cents.
7: That's only 80 cents. What about the other 20?
0: Philanthropy. The other 20 cents goes back to the sidewalk for the appeasement of tastes far less luxurious than ours. (laughs) Madam, let us away.
7: Doctor, I'd like to know the truth.
1: Mrs. Padgett, I'll give it to you straight from the shoulder if you think you can take it. I can take it. Tuberculosis. Now wait. We've caught it in time, I think. I'll know definitely after studying the x-rays, but I think we've caught it in time. Mrs. Padgett, your husband will have to go away for a while. How long? Two or three years, maybe longer.
7: May I go in to see him, doctor? He's sleeping. I just want to look at him.
1: Don't let him talk too much if he wakes up.
0: That you, kid. Shh,
7: you're not the dog.
0: Did Doc tell you? We've been hit a low blow. I know. He wants me to go to Arizona, Tucson. Listen, babe. Get a divorce. Tom. I mean it. I'm being objective, not noble. We've had the top of the bottle. Don't tie yourself to me. Stop
7: this nonsense, Tom. Stop it at once.
0: Now listen. Don't let sentimentality trip you up. That's where most people go wrong. You have to be hard and... A little ruthless. If I would sentimentality get in my way, I'd have taken a job instead of writing. I'm
7: not listening. Well,
0: you must listen. Maggie, I know you're thinking I'll be alone in a sanitarium. or something, but... Get, I've been alone most of my life. I'm used to it. I, I never expected anything else. The time we've had together, that's not so much gravy for me. I never... Oh,
7: it's been gravy for you, Ed. You're used to being alone, are you? What about me? Do you think I could live without you? I couldn't. I'd die.
0: Oh, Maggie, Maggie. That was a very hammy renunciation scene.
1: Well, Maggie? This is the last time I'll be driving you to Tucson.
7: Oh, Spence. Shipping out? Uh-huh.
1: Very hush-hush operation. My squadron leaves tomorrow.
7: Europe? The Pacific? Don't know yet. Oh, Spence.
1: There's something I want to say to you. No, don't look at me. Look straight ahead. Really? Maggie, I've been wondering if you know I'm in love with you. Very much in love with
7: you. Don't, Spence. Can't
1: help it. I'm not the in silence type.
7: Spence, please. I think I've been in
1: love with you ever since I reported for duty here and first saw you in the colonel's office. Maggie, I'm going to make it short. I want you to get a divorce and marry me. We can be married by proxy no matter where they send me. I'll be back someday. No, Spence. Face facts. They're brutal, but they must be faced. Your husband is an invalid. He's been in a sanitarium how long? Two years? Three? He may be there ten more. And where does that leave you? You see him only twice a month. No,
7: Spence. Sure? Very sure. Well,
1: that's that, then. That's all the ammo in my clip. You know something? Sick as your husband is, and healthy as I am, if I could change places with him, I'd do it in a second. And I think I'd got the best of the bargain.
7: Oh, sure.
1: Oh, what's the use of talking? Let's not talk for a while, huh?
0: Maggie Felice was wonderful. She admitted she'd been a literary agent for only a year and wasn't solidly established. But she thought the book I wrote back in the hospital was the best she's ever read by a modern writer. She's willing to devote herself to getting it published. Maggie, she's the sort of agent I've dreamed about. What's she like? Smart as a whip. Lots of style. You know, Maggie, I feel tremendously set up about the whole thing. Oh, I almost forgot I'm having dinner at her place. We're going to discuss some revisions she has in mind. Oh, so? Mind you, I don't agree to all of them, but she's right about two or three of them. Smart girl.
7: Where's her place?
0: Westchester. Pick out a tie for me. Lay out some clothes. Now, huh,
7: babe. Oh, well, I'll wait up for you. I want to hear all about it.
0: Better not. I may be very late. You know how I can talk when I have a new audience. I'm going to shower and shave. we have any money?
7: I have a $5 bill.
0: Put it in my trousers. Will I take her candy?
7: That might be nice.
0: She calls. Tell her I'll be on time, not to fret.
7: I will. Peggy, you look awful. I do. Awful? You used to be such a pretty girl, too. You ought to be spanked for letting yourself run the seed like this. No, no, I haven't run the seed. Well, I don't mean you're hobbling around in slippers in an old wrapper with your hair in a bun, but... Well, you ought to look more chic. Look at the lines in your face. How old are you now, 31? you know how old you look? How old? 31. That's disgraceful. You ought to look at least five years younger than 31. At 41, you All should... right, you've made your point. Where's Tom this evening? With Felice, I think. He's seeing a lot of her, isn't he? Aren't I the cat? Well, why shouldn't he? She's his agent. They have to confer a good deal. Of course. Any news on the book? No, not yet. But Felice keeps trying. I'll bet she does at that. Mr. Nolan says for you to go right in, Mrs. Paget. Thank you.
1: Maggie! Maggie.
7: Hello, Sven.
1: Maggie, I, I... Why didn't you write?
7: Oh, well, I've kept in touch with you through the newspapers. Captain Nolan on this island, Major <laughs> Nolan on that one. <laughs> I kept in touch. <laughs> Did
1: you really? <laughs> Maggie, are you... Well, is Tom...
7: Completely cured.
1: I see. And you and he are still...
7: Still married. And in love? <laughs> And in love? Oh, Spence, I'm miserable. Oh. I think Tom was out. He hasn't said anything, but... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't come to let my heart out. I've come to ask you for, for $2,500. $2,500? police I... can get Tom's book published if he can put up that amount, and he's worked so hard for so long, and it's a grand a book, and it deserves sand. to be... Shifting Sands. To be... What?
1: Shifting Sands. I've been aware of it ever since I got back into civilian life. Everyone changes. Nothing's the same as when you last saw it. Twenty-five hundred, huh? All right, I'll give you twenty-five hundred on one condition: that you divorce Tom and marry me. Divorce! Oh, stop the thing quick. What do you say? Oh, No. <laughs> I knew it. Did I say everyone changes? Well, I take it back. Everyone except Maggie. Still the fighter, huh, Maggie? Spence. Want to know something? If you'd said yes, you'd come no closer to 2500 of my dollars than any other stranger. But you're no stranger, are you? Still the Maggie I remembered. Wobbly on your feet, but still punching, huh? Oh, Spencer... I'm the guy who's delighted to find one constant in a world of change. Maggie, I love you more than ever.
7: May I give you a kiss?
1: <sighs> well, it's the best offer I've had today
3: you used to be such a pretty girl
0: felice is wonderful smart as a whip lots of style you
7: used to be such a pretty girl how old are you now 31 you used to be such a pretty girl
0: having dinner with felice don't wait up for me
7: he's seeing a lot of her isn't he you used to be such a pretty girl
0: you mustn't let sentimentality trip you up that's where most people go wrong you have to be hard.
5: You used to be such a pretty girl.
3: <laughs> Maggie?
0: Come on out. Maggie? A big party in my honor, and you're not even... What is it, babe? What's happened?
7: Oh, doll, I'm not pretty anymore. I was standing in front of a mirror, and I found a gray hair. I'm not young and pretty anymore. I'm not. Am I Tom?
0: No, Maggie. You're not pretty anymore. Oh. Merely beautiful. Oh, don't Tom. Your face is beginning to line. There's a line between your eyebrows that wasn't there when we first married. Here's one I saw from when my first book was rejected. Another was etched in while I was sick. Oh, there's several lines. To say nothing of your one gray hair. Maggie, you imbecile. I didn't marry you because you were pretty. There are thousands and thousands of pretty girls. You see them in the ads or galumphing about in the movies. Chorus lines in colleges are filled with them. Felice is a pretty girl. But you're beautiful. All the loveliness I saw deep down inside you when we first met is pushing its way out. I say you're beautiful. Maybe I'm prejudiced. But I love you. Here now, blow. Now take my hand. Squeeze it. Squeeze hard, kid. Ready, Maggie?
7: (laughs) Ready, Tom.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now let's go out there and face them together. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen of the Pulitzer Prize Committee, members of the press, friends. In accepting the award for literature, I do not accept it for myself but for the person who really deserves all the credit accruing to my book. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Maggie. And so the curtain comes down on the final act of this week's Stars Over Hollywood show as presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk and starring Ronald Reagan. How about a curtain call, Ronald Reagan? That's fine with me, Art. Good, because we want you to know that in the starring role of I Give You Maggie, you gave us an outstanding performance. Well, thanks, and I'm glad Tom won the Pulitzer Prize and kept his wife. The kind of story I like. The story on today's Stars Over Hollywood presentation was written by Walter Newman. Supporting Mr. Reagan were Lorene Tuttle, Alan Reed, Noreen Gamil, John Stevenson, and Louise Arthur. The program was directed and transcribed by Don Clark.
6: With our special guest, Ronald Reagan, yours truly, Bill Goodwin, V. Benadarit, Hal March, Marvin Miller, Harry Lubin, and the Amadent Orchestra. For healthy laughter, it's George and Gracie. The theatrical club to which George Burns belongs, the Friars, is giving a testimonial dinner for movie star Ronald Reagan. And George is going to be one of the speakers. We find him now preparing his speech. Gracie, I've got a very funny opening. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest, Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems oh, that. Oh, George, two...
4: I heard a terribly funny story that would make a great opening for your speech. <laughs> I just
6: uh, thought was... <laughs> look, I've got an opening. Um,
4: uh, as I look at our. Uh,
6: gracious, please. Uh-huh
4: can't help it, George. It's the funniest story I ever
6: heard. <laughs> well, if it's that funny, let's hear it.
4: Oh, I wish I could remember it.
3: <laughs>
6: I'll uh, I'll use the opening I've got.
4: As you know, look it, seems, our... it seems a shame to have to write a whole new speech. Why don't you just change the name and use the same speech you made for Sophie Tucker?
6: Brilliant idea. I'll say, um... Tonight, we pay tribute to Ronnie Regan, the last of the Red Hot
3: Mamas. (laughs) Gracie, what I said
6: about Sophie Tucker wouldn't fit Ronnie Regan. No, huh? No. You see, one was discovered singing in a restaurant and the other playing football.
4: Oh, really? Where did Sophie play football? (laughs) For Notre
6: Dame.
3: Oh, oh, you're
4: right. That wouldn't fit Ronnie. Oh, no,
6: no, no. (laughs) For your information, Gracie, Ronnie was an outstanding bat.
4: Well, Sophie's outstanding on both sides Uh,
6: look, what I need are some facts about Ronnie's life So I could finish this speech
4: You know, I, I can tell you what the girls at the beauty shop say about Ronnie Regan Some of them have dated him They have?
3: Mm-hmm
4: You know how girls feel about handsome movie stars Sure Well, I found out handsome movie stars feel the same way about girls <laughs>
3: I imagine
6: Ronnie's popular with the girls.
4: Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to decide who's more popular. Ronnie or Bill Goodwin.
6: It's neck and neck, huh?
4: Every night. (laughs)
6: Yeah, let it go.
4: Well, have I been help to you, George? Tremendous. Oh, I'm glad. I I wanted to put you in a good mood before I told you about the dream I had last night. What was that? Well, I dreamt that you bought me a 1950 Cadillac. And I bought you a necktie
6: That was a nice dream Yeah,
4: here's the tie (laughs) Well, I've kept my end of the bargain
6: And now I'm supposed to buy you a Cadillac
4: Well, sure, because I dreamt it and dreams come true
6: Well, tonight you can dream that I've changed my mind (laughs) Uh, forget the whole idea But,
4: George, this isn't my idea It came from my subconscious mind
6: There's another one? Look, honey, I wasn't born yesterday. I know that. Come in.
5: Well, Blanche Martin. Hello, Gracie. Hello, George. Hiya, Hello. Blanche. I just had to come over and tell you the dream I had about you two last night. About us, Blanche? Yes. I dreamt that George bought you a 1950 Buick. A Cadillac. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cadillac.
3: Uh-huh. No! Yes!
4: Well, that's remarkable. I had exactly the same dream. No.
3: Yeah.
6: <laughs> Have you two Dolly sisters finished your act?
3: <laughs> well?
6: Act? I, I know you cooked this up.
3: Cooked it up? What do you
6: think I am, a jerk?
5: You better take that one alone, Gracie. I'm liable to ad-lib you right into a Ford. <laughs>
6: Look, Rosie and Jenny, (laughs) I'm not even getting a fort, so relax. And as long as you're here, Blanche, I'd like you to listen to the opening of my speech.
3: Oh, it's the
4: the Ronnie Regan dinner at the Friars Club, Blanche.
6: All right. Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story.
5: It seems... Oh, George, I heard a wonderful story that'll fit right in there.
6: I've got a story, you see.
5: Not as funny as this one. No. The husband said to his wife, Why didn't you mend the holes in my socks? And she said, You didn't buy that fur coat I wanted, so I figured if you didn't give a rap, I didn't give a darn.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: What's
6: that got to do with Ronnie Regan?
3: Oh, he wears socks. <laughs>
6: Look, will you listen? Will you listen to my opening, please? Friars. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Gracie. Oh, hello, Harry. Hi, Harry. If you're looking for your wife, here she is. No, no, George. I just dropped by to tell you about the dream I had last night. <laughs> I dreamt that you bought Gracie a 1950 car.
5: No. Yes. I dreamt the same thing.
6: No. Yeah. Well, Harry Richmond is back with the Dolly sisters again.
3: George,
6: you can all relax. I'm not gonna buy a nineteen fifty car. We don't need it. It would be different if our car was a wreck. It would, huh? Come back here, Grace. <laughs> I wish I had some facts about Ronnie's life so I could finish the speech.
4: Well, I'll go over to his house and interview him for you.
6: Never mind. I'll get the information.
4: Oh, well, you'll be too busy buying me a Cadillac. Come on, Blanche. You can go along and meet Ronald Reagan in person. Oh, Gracie! Isn't
6: that disgusting? Gracie is staying here. And so are you, Blanche. Ronald Reagan is nothing to get excited about. He's no different from me. We're both men. We're both flesh and blood.
5: Yeah, except you got the flesh and he got the blood.
6: (laughs) Just stay away from Regan's house.
4: Oh, come on, Blanche. Let's go out in the kitchen and have a cup of coffee. Okay, Gracie.
6: (laughs) Some acting. That wife of yours kills me, George. Imagine thinking she could get a new car with that dream idea. Oh, I don't think she really expected it to work, Harry. She does those things for kicks. <laughs> I remember once. Come in. Uh, Mr. Burns? Yes? I'm Mr. Brown from Hillcrest Motors. I've got your new Cadillac out front.
3: <laughs> You'll just
6: sign here, please. I'm not buying a new Cadillac. But, Mr. Burns, I spent all day yesterday with your wife, answering her questions, explaining the car to her. Mr. Burns, I've earned this sale. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Do you know what she asked me to do? Put the windshield wipers on the inside so they wouldn't get wet when it rained.
3: <laughs>
6: well, look, I don't. And listen, all the time she was talking, she kept running the automatic windows up and down. What for? She was cracking nuts. <laughs>
3: Well, look, Mr.
6: Brown, maybe in a year or two I'll buy a car from you. But right now you can do me a little favor. Like what? Well, you're a salesman and you listen to lots of speeches. Listen to the opening of this speech and see what you think of it. Okay. <clears throat> Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest, Ronnie Regan. As I look at our guest of honor, I'm reminded of a story. It seems. Oh, say, that... I heard a dilly you can use, Mr. Burns. Uh, look, you see, these three old men, 75, 85, and 95, are discussing how they'd like to die. The first one says, I'd like to get it over fast. Crash in a jet plane. And the second one says, I'll take freezing. That's just like going to sleep. And they both turned to the 95-year-old and said, well, how about you, Pop? And he says, I'd like to be shot by a jealous husband. (laughs) Goodbye, Mr. Brown. Goodbye, Mr. Brown. You know, it sounds like you got a great speech. I'm glad tonight. you like it. Ah. Schmo. Hey, George.
3: George?
6: Yes? I just looked out in the kitchen and our wives are gone. I bet anything they went to Regan's house. Don't be silly, Harry. We gave them orders not to. They wouldn't dare. Yeah, I guess you're right. They wouldn't dare. Of course not. <laughs>
4: Well, here we are, Blanche. This is Ronald Reagan's house. Oh, Gracie, I'm so excited. (laughs) Imagine meeting that big, handsome movie star in person. Oh, well, now, don't expect too much, Blanche. You know on the screen they use all kinds of tricks to make those movie stars look good. Makeup and putty and built-up shoes and girdles and wigs and goodness knows what all. You may get quite a shock when you see Ronald Reagan.
3: Did you hear what
5: I said? No, what did you say? (laughs)
4: quite a shock when you see Ronnie Regan. Oh, I don't think so. I've seen him from a distance. What a man. Six feet. There you are. On the screen, you only see two.
3: (laughs) Um,
5: Just ring the doorbell, Gracie. You'll see how wrong you are.
3: All right.
4: But don't say I didn't warn you. I've heard about these things, you know. Yes, please, ladies. Uh, this humble person may be of assistance. Well, caught you without your makeup, eh, Mr. <laughs> oh, Gracie!
6: Uh, excuse, please. Me, not Mr. Legan. Me, Mr. Legan's boy. His boy,
4: huh? Do you look like your father? <laughs>
5: Gracie, he's not Ronald Reagan's son. He's a houseboy. He works for him. Oh. Yes, me, Wong. Well, it's big of you to admit it. <laughs>
3: Is
4: that... Is Mr. Regan at home? No,
5: but I expect him very soon. Uh, Please to come in and wait.
4: Oh, we'd love to. I'll say. Isn't this exciting, Blanche, being in Ronnie Regan's home? Oh, it's like a dream. If he walks in that door, I hope somebody pinches me. Well, don't count on it, Blanche. He's a very nice boy.
3: (laughs) Well,
5: anyway, I can't wait for him to get here. Oh,
4: Oh, I just saw him drive in the driveway, Blanche It won't be long now Oh, Gracie, I'm so nervous I just know I'll stutter and stammer when I meet him Oh, now calm down, you'll be all right I'll practice my diction Oh, no, Bronco I think he'd like it better if you just said hello, Mr. Regan (laughs) My knees are shaking
5: I'm going to stand behind this chair so I'll have something to lean on
6: Oh, Wong, I'm... Well, looks like I have company
5: How now, Brown...
4: I mean, hello, Mr. Reagan.
6: You're Gracie Allen, aren't you?
4: That's right.
6: And look who's behind the chair. It's George.
4: What? Oh, uh, no, this is my friend, Blanche Morton.
6: Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Please forgive me, Blanche. Uh, Is it all right if I call you Blanche?
5: Yeah, I like it better than George.
6: (laughs) Imagine thinking you were a man. Well, it's the fault of the light in here. I'll make it dimmer. (laughs) Uh, Please sit down, ladies. Now, to what do I owe the pleasure of this visit?
3: Oh, well,
4: we want to find out all about your life, Mr. Reagan. You see, George is going to make a speech at your dinner.
6: Yes, uh, so I've been warned. Uh, told.
4: Well, now, tell me all about yourself, and I'll make notes for George.
6: Very well. I'll start by telling you where I came from. I was raised on a farm in Illinois.
4: Well, that certainly beats California. All they can raise out here is vegetables.
3: I meant that
6: my father had a farm, and I grew up on it. Oh! I went to a country school. This will sound corny, but... I actually had to walk four miles to the schoolhouse.
4: You poor boy. Did you go to college?
6: Yes, I went to college on a scholarship.
4: That certainly beat walking, didn't it? (laughs) Yes. Well, tell me more about the farm. Did you raise any silos?
6: One of the biggest in Illinois, until a cyclone came along. I remember one summer, we had three cyclones. Really? Yeah, but we had a good cyclone seller.
4: Oh, he must have been good if he sold you three cyclones. (laughs) Your boyhood days. Now, I want to know all about you now. How old are you?
6: You mean before we started this interview or now?
3: <laughs>
6: I've aged considerably.
3: Well, uh,
4: how old are you now? And, and tell the truth, Mr. Reagan. I think it's silly for people to lie about their age.
6: Well, uh, I'd say I'm about your age.
4: Oh, and out of college already? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, tell me some exciting things that have happened to you. Well,
6: I've had a few narrow escapes hunting. See the bearskin rug in front of the fireplace? Yes. Well, that bear charged me. How much? (laughs) He attacked me. If I hadn't gotten him, he'd have gotten me.
4: Oh, well, I'm awfully glad it was him. He makes a much better rug.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
6: Thanks.
4: Now, is is that the most nerve-wracking experience you've ever had?
6: Let's say it was the second most nerve-wracking.
4: When was the first?
6: It isn't over yet.
4: Well, um, now tell me all about how you happened to get into the
6: Come in. Hi, George. Oh, hello, Bill. I'm glad you dropped by. Would you listen to the opening of my Ronnie Reagan speech uh, and, and see what you think of it Oh, sure, George <clears throat> But listen, first let me tell you about the dream I had last night
3: I dreamt that, that you bought Gracie a 1950, 1950
6: Cadillac Yeah, how'd you know? You're the fourth dream I've seen walking
3: <laughs> How did Gracie get you into
6: this plot? Well, she said she'd let me borrow the car to take my girls out You've got a car well, it's a coupe, It only holds three girls.
3: <laughs> Gotta keep coming back
6: to Hollywood and vine for a refill.
3: <laughs> well, the new car
6: is out. Well, okay, I did my best. Let's hear the opening of your speech. I think it's pretty funny, Bill. <clears throat> uh, Friars, friends, Toastmaster, and honored guest, Ronnie Reagan. As I look at our guest, Ivana, I'm reminded of a story. It seems... <laughs> Well, go on. Thanks.
3: <laughs> it seems there were hey I just to... thought of a was... <laughs> Now get this, George. A girl
6: was leaving home for the big city, so her mother said, "Now, Doris, don't ever let a man come to your apartment because if you do, mother'll worry." So the daughter said, "Okay, mom, I'll go to his apartment and let his mother worry." <laughs> Doesn't Aphra have any straight men?
3: (laughs) Now, just relax, George.
6: What are you going to say about Ronnie Regan after your opening? Well, I'll tell about him being the president of the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, yeah, that lucky dog. That's how he gets the girls. What? He got a law passed. (laughs) Whenever a screen actor gets married His little black book automatically goes to the president Look at December alone Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, and Clark Gable He hit the jackpot
3: Hello, dear Hello, Bill
4: Look who I brought back with
6: me Well, Ronnie, come in Glad to see you Hello, George Hiya, Bill Hello, Lucky <laughs> Ronnie, tell George about the
4: dream
6: you had last night Oh, yes Just I tell had... me the model
4: Laughter I know the rest of it.
6: A convertible. Thanks.
4: I had a wonderful interview with Ronnie George. I'll tell you about it as soon as I make us all some tea.
6: Good idea, Gracie. Uh, how would you like it, fellas? I'll take a slice of lemon. Uh, just sugar for me. I'll take cream.
4: Nobody wants tea,
6: huh? <laughs> well, excuse Just me. bring the other stuff, yes. Ronnie, I called Warner Brothers and got all the dope I needed for my speech. Uh... I'm sorry, Gracie, bothered you. Oh, I didn't mind. But, man, how do you stand it every day? (laughs) It isn't easy. Once I decided to throw myself under a train. Oh, George, you shouldn't have done it. (laughs) I didn't. Oh. I'll go... I'll go collect my notes and run through my speech for you. Okay, George. Hey, listen, Ryan. I've been waiting to get you alone. What do you take for Gable's book? No sale, Bill But, Ronnie, you've got so many To date all those beautiful dolls, you'll have to live to be 150 With that incentive, I might make it
3: <laughs> Well, you'd
6: know more about that than I would You're closer
3: <laughs> I wouldn't
6: talk, Bill You're pushing 40 Well, if I'm pushing it, you're dragging it
3: <laughs> Are you
6: kidding? The girls are starting to call you the grand old man of Mulholland.
3: (laughs) Listen, I could take a
6: girl away from you with my hands tied behind me. That's the only way they'll go out with you. (laughs) Ooh, I wish there was a girl here right now, so I...
4: Well, here you are, boys. A slice of lemon and a lump of sugar.
6: Gracie, my romantic technique has been challenged by this character actor. (laughs) Now, just for a minute, would you pretend that you're single... Yes, Gracie, we'll try our techniques on you now. Forget that you're married to George Burns.
4: But, oh, it takes time to forget a thing like that. Well.
3: Well, that's
4: long enough.
6: (laughs) Okay, Ronnie, you start. Ah, Gracie, you're lovely, beautiful, enchanting. I kiss your hand.
3: Oh,
6: (laughs) all right. now it's my turn.
4: Oh, you love it, Bill. It tickles.
6: <laughs> no, Gracie. It's my turn to show my technique, my line. What line? Come with me, Gracie. We'll drive through the park. Come with me, Gracie. We'll drive to the ocean and watch the moonlight on the water. We'll go dining and dancing. We'll have champagne and caviar. We'll brush our teeth with amadent ammoniated toothpaste. What? You can't top that, Bill. Girls love amadent toothpaste. Wait a minute, that's my line. It leaves your mouth feeling fresh and clean, your teeth bright and sparkling. Amadent is a grand wake-up toothpaste. Ronnie, don't say it so good. I got a living to make. More dentists recommend amadent than any other dentifrice. How about it, Gracie?
4: I'll go with you, Ronnie
6: Oh, no, you won't If he's furnished an Amident toothpaste I'm going with him <laughs> Well, Ronnie I've got my speech already Sit down, everyone And give a listen Okay, George uh, <clears throat> Friars, friends Toastmaster And honored guest Ronnie Regan As I look at our guest of honor I'm reminded of a story It seems that two... George I know a story That'll be great next <laughs> you like right, mine, Ronnie Ah, but wait till you hear this one A spinster schoolteacher, sweet 36, and never been kissed, has her first date. Well, the moonlight, a smooth line, the fella kisses her. Immediately, she bursts out crying. She says, oh, how can I ever face those dear, sweet, innocent children tomorrow with two black marks against me? The fella says, what do you mean, two? She says, well, you're going to kiss me again, aren't you? Ronnie, that'll never get a laugh. Now, please, everyone, let me do my speech.
4: <clears throat> Friars, friends, toastmaster. Now, I think it's terrible the way everybody interrupts, Judge. Go ahead, dear.
6: <laughs> Thanks. Friars, friends, toastmaster. Any man who's
4: nice enough to buy his wife a Cadillac certainly deserves to try out his speech. Go ahead, Judge.
6: <laughs> Friars, friends,
4: Probably toast... Probably a wonderful speech. Show them, dear. George is a fine
6: speaker Oh, no, I can't continue And in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen I can only wish Ronnie Regan the success and happiness that he so richly deserves I thank you How long did that run, Gracie?
4: Exactly ten minutes, George, and it's a beautiful speech
6: Well, thanks for listening to it
4: Oh, it was a pleasure, darling doesn't this new Cadillac ride
6: beautifully? Yes, Gee, it's swell in the back seat too, isn't it, Ron? Wonderful. But how come the windshield wipers on the inside?
3: <laughs> I'll explain that sometime, Ronnie. Ah!
2: It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes.
3: The Riley and Kimmy Show.
2: Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.